from Flourish DX, this is the Psych Health and Safety Podcast. With workplace mental health becoming a safety prerogative, this is the source of information on psychological injury prevention and health promotion. Hi, and welcome to the Psych Health and Safety Podcast. My name is Jason Van Shee, and I'm one of the hosts of the show. The aim of the podcast is to rapidly increase the knowledge and application of psychological health and safety in workplaces worldwide. To help with this, we usually have regular guests from around the world who are leading the way in this important area. In today's episode, we have a very special announcement to make as we are joined by two friends of the podcast. But before I make the announcement, allow me to introduce my co-host, Joelle Mitchell. How are you, Joelle? Um, getting into the Christmas spirit in the office. Yeah, it looks so, like someone this... vomited up Christmas in the office. Sure so, it does. Yeah. yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did the Christmas vomiting. You did, you did. <laughs> yeah. No, we never had Christmas decorations until we had you, Joelle. So the things it's that I bring bigger, bigger the, every year. Well, we've got more room this year, so we bought a Christmas tree instead yep. of the, the teeny tiny tabletop one. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a look. It's nice ish. It's magnificent. Okay, uh, I think it's only going to get bigger every year. I think you're just going to keep accumulating stuff, aren't you? Um, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I don't want to take up too much time talking about Christmas, even though it is the season. Um, when is, when is, is actually, this going to air post-Christmas or gonna, before Christmas? This is actually going to air after Christmas. Oh, there um, you go, listeners. You're listening back in time to pre-Christmas. Yeah, before the global meltdown that happened um, on January 3, 2023. This episode will come out after that. You're going to feel really embarrassed if that actually happens. Nostradamus is what I've been called. Everybody will blame you. Everyone will. Yeah. A bit like Bill Gates, like predicting. They might the not be listening COVID. to this, though, if that's happened. So, But if everyone could see that star on the tree, then this whole I should We should post a photo of our, the, the star on top of our Christmas tree. Yeah, maybe do it in the show notes so that people can find it. Yeah, I think that's possible. Yeah, we'll find no, it. We'll find, we'll a, find way. a way. Yeah, we'll yeah. find a you way. You found a way to make the, the star without even being in the office. So this is true. I think yeah. You could work out a way to post it on the show notes. Should I tell the listeners what I did? No. No, I have to make them, make right. them work, for, to work it. for it. Yep. We, we'll show you later, Hayley. So, on to our exciting announcement. Yes. And uh, someone actually just like piped up because it's impossible to keep this person quiet. Sure is. Um, we've been experiencing that in the office in the last few days. Mm, uh, except it's been when an he, interesting time. Except when he's been napping off jet lag. Yeah. Um, some of you eager and keen listeners would have heard we've got a new addition to our team who's heading up our UK team, and that is the magnificent Peter Kelly. How are you today, Pete? Magnificent. Hi. That's a great description, Jason. Oh, I couldn't think of anything yeah. more descriptive that I could say on here. <laughs> and the addition of the Christmas tree with the beautiful star is puke-worthy, but I've accepted it and I'm dealing with it. I will talk like, to my counsellor when I get back. Are you a humbug? I just don't do Christmas. So, so yes. <laughs> I open Christmas presents, but that's about it, really. Yeah. Well, um, Pete, it's uh, it's awesome to have you join the team. And this is the first podcast we're actually doing in the same room together because we've actually done many podcasts via our Zoom. I know. And Joelle is the same size as me. So yes. I felt. Well, in height. In height. Yeah. 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 You know what Pete first said to me um, when he met you? He's like, Joelle's so small. I was like, I'm not lying. <laughs> like, I've been saying this on the podcast for ages. She's pint sized. There are very few people I can see eye to eye with, uh, and Joelle. And it's not just because you guys are ex-regulators, but no, you can no, 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 same height. Not yeah, not just metaphorically, but literally. Yeah, literally. Yeah, Tuesday was the first day we've ever actually physically met. Yeah, yeah. 
It's like meeting an old friend but not knowing you should give them a hug or not. But yeah. it's a workplace. It's a workplace. No. And Joel's not a hugger. I'm not yeah. really. A... Well, it's Christmas party tomorrow, so. That's, yeah. I am. I am a drunk hugger, actually. Yeah. 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 Okay, drink it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we we do have an exciting announcement because Pete has joined the team. We have decided to make him another host of the Psych Health and Safety podcast. Um, and he'll be alternating with Joelle and myself. So the idea is that Joelle and myself will continue to do an episode every Tuesday, um, and Alicia will be joining us as a special co-host from time to time. But on the Thursday or Friday, listeners, you'll know when this is released, and we would have made a decision by then. <laughs> um, uh, Peter will actually be hosting another podcast with another amazing, even more magnificent co-host, um, the amazing Hayley Farrell. And Hayley joins us. She's still in London. So, Hayley, thanks for joining us. Hi, team. Thank you very much. I am in not-so-sunny London, not as blessed as you guys are at the moment, weather-wise, but lovely to be here. Uh, I'll tell you what, Hayley, um, Pete's been making the most of his time here. I, I, I don't know whether he's here for induction or here for a holiday, but he's uh, been getting out and he's been getting all these sunset photos and all these things and him with beer. And I mean, uh, I'm in my shorts. He's, I got, he is. He's got, wearing shorts. Can back confirm. To, back to 50. Hey. <laughs> and that's in, that's in the office. Yeah. Because <laughs> we've got so many windows. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I feel yeah, like it's a southern hemisphere takeover, though, isn't it? You know, you've got. Australia and South Africa, the two of the finest wine-producing countries in the world, together. I attest to that. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, yeah, so Pete has been really embracing, I guess, everything that Perth has to offer and has been, I think, uh, posting it to his uh, Instagram followers yes. um, and making everyone really jealous. I'm like, Pete, take the, all the photos you want. Please don't share them with people you know back in London because you're going to get lynched when you get back because it is Amazing weather at the moment, isn't it, Pete? Oh, 30 degrees, 28. You get up in the morning, go for a run, and uh, you sweat like anything. But uh, and they've got air conditioning here, which is kind of cool, and a nap room. That's that's the ultimate in well-being, isn't it? A it nap is. room. You've yeah. been uh, definitely availing yourself of the nap room. Yeah. Somebody just did say that if one of you has hair lice, we could all spread it around because it's, it's a very well-used nap room. Yeah, sharing is caring. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But Hayley... Um, I, I don't avail myself of the nap room. No, for other reasons we won't get into. Um, Hayley, it's, we're really stoked to have you join Peter as co-host now of the Psych Health and Safety podcast and be alternating with us uh, on a weekly basis. So really looking forward to doing this show with you and Pete. Thanks, Jason. Likewise, um I have to message you every now and then when Pete's giving me grey hairs, but I'm very excited to um, be co-hosting alongside Pete, and I'm excited to bring some interesting topics of conversation, sometimes controversial, in the UK space. Well, this is why we wanted you on, Hayley. We know you call it as you see it, uh, like Pete does, so um, I'm sure you know, you'll be shaking up a few uh, beliefs uh, over there in the UK. Um, but what, what we'll do, uh, people will... Definitely people in the UK should know Hayley and Peter. Um, they're very visible. They get out there regularly on the conference circuit and that sort of thing and share share their experiences um, around psych health and safety. But what we might do to kick off this special episode um, is to get to know you guys a, bit, a little bit more uh, and what you want to achieve on your version of the Psych Health and Safety podcast. So, uh, Pete, um, over to you and Joelle. 
Okay. This is That's, where we introduce Jason, ourselves. Jason got confused with whose question it was and started doing my question. Yeah, I'm going to let Joel have a word. Well, in did today. a very smooth pass over uh, to I, me then. I could easily talk about myself. I know, I know. So <laughs> we know that you've had a long career in psych health and safety in the UK. What are some of the achievements that you are most proud of? Most proud. Of. Most proud. Oh, yeah. I think. Um, I think it was really getting to grips with the the request in 2000 to develop a, a national approach for work-related stress. And uh, as in most things in my life, it started off on a few bottles of wine with a couple of other psychologists, and it ended up in a national approach that we launched in 2004. And I remember we were freaking out because it was 9 million people were off with work-related stress, and it got to 12 million by 2004. And then by 2006, it had dropped down to 9 million people. And we could actually see if you did something systemically at, as tackling work-related stress, you could make a real difference. Give my right arm now for 9 million at, at you know, the best part of 17 million days lost to work-related stress, 914,000 people off. Um, this is the crisis and this is the generational crisis for work. And we have to stop putting it in the too hard category and get into... Um, doing something different. Um, I was, and I guess I say 45,003, dragged into it, didn't want to do it, didn't see the value of it because it was too big, too clumsy and uh, and everything else. But after three years of working together, I think we've produced a document that has real potential to change the world of work globally. Um, the, and, and it was, uh, you know, I've, uh, I'm a strong advocate of it now. Um, and I've, so I've enjoyed that. And plus also really just raising the profile and, of mental health because uh it, you know you you start in a career and then suddenly it becomes part of your 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 sort of your life because it it's something that you're it drawn to and you know i i honestly and i've said this at conferences and i, and I said to Haley, if i change one person's life then that's enough for me and i know that sounds ridiculously psychology and american but we don't know what impact we're going to have we just got to be real about mental health and real about what it means to uh, to do health and well-being, which doesn't mean make you resilient and mindfulness and stroke your head and give you loads of fruits. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so yeah, that's my, that's you're, my, fit, you're fitting okay here, Pete. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we, we may have made some similar points on many occasions. Yeah. Um, I like fruits. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I, I just don't think they're a good interventionist for well-being. Stress bowls are great for throwing at people. Again, as long as you do a dynamic risk assessment, yeah. you'd appreciate that from being an ex-regulator. Jason throws things at people without doing a dynamic risk assessment. I do. Yeah. I had no. I do, I do it on accident. No, I know. Uncoordinated. No, the, the accident you did you today, do, where you, when you nearly took out somebody's head with the, the, the with the basketball. It's pretty it hard. A, to, it's pretty hard head to miss, Pete. Like it's just <laughs> just for the for the listeners, it is actually a soft, squishy basketball, not a. Not a regulation basketball, so. It's that big. It's, yeah, made of soft foam. <laughs> so, Pete, you've got a new job. I have. Tell yes. us about it. Yes. So uh, somebody decided to give me the job of, of here we go, head of psychological health and safety or Flourish DX in the UK. Now, Pete, um, Joelle is the global head of psychological health and safety. So does that mean that she's your boss? Dun, dun. Joelle will try, as many bosses have before, um, and failed to be my boss. But, yes, I, I mean, she's like having a sister because we're both ex-regulators. This is like we, 
we have a regulator sense of humor, which only you'll understand, which is dark at times, but actually, you know, um, but it's nice to work with someone who's equally passionate about mental health um, because we're in a very, 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 very rare group of people when it comes to regulation and mental health. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that Joelle's humor is dark at times. Doesn't really have constantly. <laughs> doesn't really have seasons. She's our office Daria for those who remember the cartoon. So always dark. I was trying to be Jason. I was trying to be positive. Actually, I've been watching the Netflix show Wednesday recently. I've also been watching that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not as dark as that. Ooh, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever said to a group of people, "You give kidnapping a bad name." But I, it's it'd be on brand for you. It wouldn't surprise Probably, me. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Hey, um, so Pete is one half of the new co-hosting team of the Psych Health and Safety Podcast in the UK. Uh, the other is Haley. So Haley, you've had a, a fairly different um, experience set uh, in Psych Health and Safety. So maybe you can let our listeners know a little bit about that. Great. Thanks, Jason. Yes, so I've got a background in HR. That was where I kind of started my role in terms of supporting people. I guess one of my, I would call successes is understanding a little bit more about health and safety and risk management. And that's one of the huge parts of shifting my focus from the people side, but really to the risk management side um, and the safety side of our people at work. Successes, I think, to date would definitely be being the first practitioner globally to have implemented and embedded ISO 45003 and have been, been certified by BSI. So that was really fantastic. That was during my time at Encore UK at the back end of last year. So that was fantastic. And I think another one which I like to, to talk about is being recognized by the Institute, the International Institute of Risk and Safety Management for the best wellbeing strategy um, for a large organization. And I think it's a really different ball game when we're talking about a risk award versus a potential well-being award because it looks at well-being through the lens of a preventative risk-based approach and that's something that I'm super passionate about so um just great to be I think in w working with a team who've got that that foresight in terms of how do we prevent mental health but systemically and I think that is really what's going to, to change things in the space now, Haley, I got to say, I'm really excited that you're joining the team um, as a podcast host uh, on the on the Psych Health and Safety podcast um, because you're not a psychologist, are you? I'm not a psychologist. No, I have no. got a um, degree in, in psychometrics, but not a psychologist by practice. Wow. Yeah, I'm, you're going to become my best friend. I hate psychometrics. So. <laughs> You what color are that you inside, Pete? I, I'm, yeah, you, I'm blue and red. <laughs> uh, but you left out that you're probably, you know, you speak it as it is and you ask difficult questions and you, uh, you know, I have a massive amount of respect. And when I watch you at conferences, you know, actually asking those difficult questions, they're the, difficult, they're the ones that we want to be asking. Let's not take things for granted and you will never take things for granted. So that's another strength. Thanks, Pete. Yeah, I think Haley and I probably have a few similarities. The South African and the Dutchness coming out in us. Um, you know, we don't really have a filter. We'll call it as we say it. Are you Dutch? Yeah, especially in the space. From Schie. Okay. 
I can't even pronounce my last name too. I think it's really important, Jason, to to have that in this space. Um, Pete mentioned, you know, it becomes part of your life. It becomes part of your value system. You can't do this if you're not authentic. And you've got to speak. In order to shift the needle, we have to speak up. And we can't keep um, doing all the things you mentioned that we shouldn't be doing, you know, and think that we're going to make positive change for the long term. And I always say this. It's not about today. It's not about tomorrow. It's about 10 years' time. They shouldn't be having to deal with the same challenges that we're facing to get buy-in, to get leadership accountability of this type of thing. Um, so, yeah, you've got to be straightforward in the space and you've got to really um, speak up and go against the grain. And it's funny you say that. I really admire people like that. In fact, I was asked this morning on another podcast that I'm involved in, which is around flourishing at school, which is more around a well-being focus. Who are my um, well-being idols? I'm like, mm, don't really idolize anyone in the well-being sphere. It's yourself. Yeah, well, I'm not really a well-being <laughs> practitioner. Um, if I was, I probably would. Um, but I, I said I admire people who call it out and you know spot out what's wrong in the world and tell people how they should be doing it right. And I said so. People I admire, people like David Burrows and Tony Lamontagna, uh, who I know Peter actually really likes as well, who um, not only can spot what's wrong in the world, but actually can say, "Hey, this is actually how the world should look and uh, how we're actually going to make meaningful change in this area." I think also you have to feel, I, I mean, I still, every case that you come across with, I still get that emotional connect, which is like, this is wrong. Mm. And and I think if I stop feeling it's wrong and just accept the status quo, then I think we're, uh, you know, we're, we're going to start losing it. We've got to care for that. You know, someone has to feel it. You've got to feel it because it's what drives you. So I think some context around why, why are we adding a second um, frequency, a second team to our to our podcast because it's not a new podcast. It's mm. a psych health and safety podcast. We're just now a um, a double team. So we um, have been cognizant that we've been focusing a lot on the Australian context lately, in particular because there has been so much going on in Australia with the um, the regulatory reform. Um, and really all of the the change and movement that that's driving. Um, but recognising that we do have a global audience. So while, you know, we're in Australia and what's happening in Australia is exciting for us, um, it's probably not as exciting or relevant for other audiences. Um, so hence our uh, decision to bring on a UK podcasting team as well. Um so I guess to to both of you, and I'll start with you, Peter, what is different about the UK context that you're keen to explore uh, with Hayley in the podcast? Well, I, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because since 1974, the, the UK has had a legislation that requires you to do risk assessments for exposure to those things that called, cause ill health, which includes work-related stress. Um, and built into that is a requirement to do something about it, which was later came along in the management regs. So we have a, we have a mature regulatory system, which has been adopted in different parts of the world as, as an approach for tackling work-related stress, seeing it as risk-based. But we also were involved in the introduction of the concept of health and well-being. And I remember when it first came out in 2006, 2007, there was a, a report by uh, the Foresight team which was, looked looking at mental capital and well-being and it promoted the possibility that you could improve workplace and thought, great, 
absolutely great. But actually what happened is what happened in the 1990s. We've created a culture of coping. We've took it back to the individual. And we, and that, so it was a backward step because people defaulted to the cheaper things, didn't they? So in the context of, of the UK, you know, there are 24 million employees that are there and we have a predominant health and well-being culture that's based at the individual level. Um, and it didn't work, did it, during the pandemic? It didn't work. If you give people mindfulness, resilience and everything else, if you didn't actually look at the job and structure the job in a different way. So, And also in Europe, but, you know, over the last 15 years, they've been doing research for looking at psychosocial risk and they're looking at, uh, at how we, you know, improve workplaces. And only, re only in the last year, the European Parliament has twice voted for legislation on psychological health and safety. And that, for me, is, is an exciting piece of research and something I've waited for for 15 years. Hi, listeners. Jason here. We hope you're enjoying this latest podcast episode. Now, if you're like Joelle, Alicia, and myself and enjoy learning from the best, then the Flourish DX Academy is for you. The Academy includes free e-learning courses on the ISO 45003 standard for psychological health and safety at work and associated topics such as how to conduct a psychosocial risk assessment and how to create the business case for psych health and safety. All courses feature high-quality videos, downloadable resources, multi-choice questions and a downloadable training certificate on completion. Take your learning to the next level with all Flourish DX Academy courses included within the Flourish DX mobile app. Select podcast episodes from the Psych Health and Safety Podcast and sister podcasts from Canada and the USA are also included. Get started with Flourish DX for free at www.flourishdx.com forward slash get hyphen started. That's www.flourishdx.com forward slash get hyphen started. Now back to this episode. Yeah, and I guess the history in Australia is similar where we have always had the act that has the broad duties to, um, you know, to identify hazards and, and mitigate risks and to take reasonably practicable steps to protect the health and safety of employees. So, um, you know, the, those duties have always been there. Um, and then, yeah, now we've got the introduction of the regs, which are making it more explicit around the, the requirements for psych health and safety. So, um, yeah, I guess some um, some parallels yeah. there. I mean, regulations are good, you know, I, I, and, and I do say there's an ex-regulator. Um, having issued notices, you can issue a notice for failure to risk assess. You can issue a notice for failure to acting upon your risk assessment. Okay? It's not that you uh, – but and recently we've seen with the, the Health and Safety UK as a 10-year strategy, and they're prioritising work-related stress mental and mental health as areas that they want to intervene on. Now, intervention could be both regulatory – or it could be support and practical advice. Um, I don't think we should shy away from regulation. It's the only area that people beg you when you're a regulator to do something. It's weird. Most of the time they tell you, don't issue a notice. But with the mental health, people go, they say, please issue a notice. Could you just please issue a notice? Because my business, my, you know, the board won't do anything unless you mm. issue a notice. What, what, what about you? I mean, you've, you've, you've been on the boards, haven't you, Ailey? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. You know, we speak about the Health and Safety at Work Act. We we have shouted safety, whispered health. Um, we have got ISO 45003 and got the World Health Organizations. I guess the difference, as you've just mentioned, Joelle, is in Australia, you've got regs that are making it a bit more explicit. And 
one of the things when when I went through the process of implementing forty five thousand and three is that it's not an accredited certif- it's not an accredited um, program. It's only certified, and things like that. I think there's still some way that we need to go. Uh, we we've got some space to to move to move this forward so that people actually are doing this because it is the right thing to do, of course, but also because there is a legal requirement. And I think one of the things that I would like to see us discussing in this space is organisations, specifically in the UK, the NHS is struggling. You know, organisations are taking on a lot more in terms of looking after the health of their employees. But that's not just because we want healthy people, but how do we really get through the fact that it is about performance, productivity, longevity, sustainable workforce? Um, I think that's really, really important. So it's it's something that we've got a long way to go, I do believe, for us to really make sure that people are taking this seriously. But what frustrates me quite often in this space is that there isn't any direction for people who are leading well-being potentially, um, because there's no specific role description. There are a lot of different roles, a lot of people doing what they feel is right. And you know what? We need advocates. We need a well-being movement. That is absolutely the right direction to go. But we cannot, five to ten years later, still be in a conference room talking about mental health first aid. That is not going to solution the systemic problem that we've got in terms of mitigating those work-related hazards that are exacerbating um, a person's stresses, personal, which is exacerbated by work. So I think for me, that's definitely something that I'm keen to explore and that people, they start to say, oh, we want to enhance our well-being strategy. So you're saying you've embedded it, but now we want to enhance. What does that actually mean? And are you actually ready to do what's needed, as Pete said, or are you waiting on on a notice to say, well, you can see you've got 70% of your workforce who are stressed. What are you doing about that? Or, you know, what's actually going to make you do something about that? And is that a notice? Is that regulation? Um, I think it's a really interesting space and something that we need to bring people on the journey and continually create more awareness around. And remember, well-being survey isn't about how good you are. If there's something bad in there, like you're not functioning well, people are not happy, that's evidence. And I asked for that when I was a regulator. Show me a well-being survey. Oh, 40% of people experiencing stress, depression, and anxiety. What did you do? Well, you sent them to an EAP. And I said, what did you do? What did you do to change the stresses that were there? And that's the question that, 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 that is there. It literally is. I've got a well-being survey. It's interesting to embed it. Does embed it simply mean having it? Or is it a whole lot of other things? And I think, you know, you, Hayley, you'll have seen that with 45,003. Yeah. The, the way this works is embedding and that, that, that knowledge of embedding it in, in the processes and systems that you, that you, that you, that were in, in MCOR, I think, you know, and doing it at lightning speed. It's long-term as well, like you say. It's not just in one function. It's not just in the people function. It's in your change management processes, continuous improvement, you know, um, 
even extended, and I think this is something that we haven't picked up on yet, but even extended to procurement, to your supply chain, to your customers and your community. In the UK, we've got specifically if you're tendering for government contracts, procurement policy note PPN 0620. And in that, it asks you, how are you looking after the well-being of your own employees? And how are you looking after that of your community clients and supply chain? So for me, it's about how do we elevate these conversations so that it's not just because it's the right thing to do by your own people, but for the longevity of, of humankind almost. Yeah. Hayley, one thing you mentioned when you were talking there um, a little earlier was around how there is a proliferation of kind of wellness types of approaches, um, things like mental health first aid that are very much focused on the individual and, you know, identifying symptoms and getting support through things like EAP um, and less risk-based uh, systemic approaches, right? And I've got to say, when I was in London, uh, would have been what, only a few months ago now uh, for that conference that Pete went to uh, as well. October. Was it October? Yeah. Oh, wow. It was only a couple of months ago. Wow. Yeah. Time flies. Um, so, uh, yeah, when I was there, I was really amazed. It felt like I'd gone back in time, like five to 10 years in Australia uh, with the sort of things that were being talked about in the UK. So um, do you reckon that that wellness approach and the individual um, focus is like like the go-to in, in the UK? Very much so. I still think that it's an individual-based approach. There are some excellent companies leading the way that are taking a more team-based approach to create a culture of psychological safety so that we can look at the challenges as a team. Um, but I still think it's it's the individual and it's often reactive. It's on the back of a stress, a burnout, um, a challenge in the workplace, even like a grievance, you know, often that comes up. And then it's very much what has the individual done wrong or what can the individual do a little bit better rather than, you know, what about the environment in which the individual needs to flourish in. So I think there is still that individual approach as well. Somewhat, though, there is an element that organizations need to understand that they're for me, they're, they're different approaches within your well-being strategy. So we've got that organizational risk-based prevention, but what we have also got is an element of, you know, we need to provide our employees with resources, tools, education, so that they can self-manage proactively their own well-being. We as an organization can't take all of that on. Um, we need to encourage and enforce and remind, but what we are legally responsible for I say that loosely because I'd like to see that being in the future, you know, is the hazards in which we expose them to. And I think there's a bit of bit of a gap to fill in terms of what we focus on. Um, a lot of organizations have done excellent stuff to do that promotional signposting, resources, education. We need to start to look at the things that maybe aren't as shiny and it's flashy and it's in the face of the employee, but actually really make that fundamental change. Um, I'll take workload for an example. Often people will say, workload, it's got a huge impact on my well-being. No amount of treating an individual is going to prevent workload having a negative impact. And if we can get workload right, if that's the one thing you focus on, um, that is going to have a huge impact on your stress um, 
related absence, etc. So really focusing on those broad organisational factors rather than just the individual as a space that I think the UK has got to grow into. Yeah, and um, definitely that was obviously our thinking and obviously why we want to run the podcast uh, specifically with more of a UK focus with you and Pete. Um, and I guess on that, Pete, you know, you would have seen companies not doing this well at all in that you've had to hand out improvement notices where there was obviously harm being caused and companies weren't managing the risks accordingly. Um, but have you seen any UK organisations that, that are actually leading the way and, um, you know, using primary controls? Uh, yeah, they're, they're normally the ones that, well, they're ones that we've either issued notices against. Um, <laughs> so they, they actually did improve. So did, what? Did, oh, a, notice, a notice creates change. And a notice could create, yeah, my word, surprise, surprise. Um, but uh, given that we haven't done hundreds of them, um, there are organisations that do get this, but then they're aligning it to, the, the, at the moment they're aligning it to ESG, aren't they? Environment, sustainability and governance. Well, let, let's remember this psychological environments that promote health are environmentally good and create sustainable organisations. And actually, from a governance perspective, having a risk and knowing how you're going to manage it is really, really important. And I think, actually, we've got to play to what is the current fad, and that's what it is. ESG is, the, is, is, is now around. It was well-being. It was a number of other different things. Um, but I actually think that the, the lockdown... And the whole pandemic has has given us an opportunity to change the narrative of what we mean by work. Um, we can actually introduce risk based it, uh, into or into into people's sort of psyche and sort of talk about it. It is mad, absolutely mad, that you would wait for three people to lose three fingers on a guarding on a machine before you put the guarding on the machine. And in mental health, we wait until there are ten. Oh, 20 sometimes, and then we put something in. It's got to, it's got to stop. You can't wait until you've got a mass of people and then treat the, you know, when we know if you get workload right by understanding that the system doesn't have to be king, but has to be designed around the person that's working on the system, that makes a world of difference. You know, I've talked about previously where I went to a factory where, where, where in this job they had to pick up biscuits and put them into a plastic container and then afterwards i said how many how many biscuits do you do they pick up in this job and they went 17 i said, can i do some numbers and i worked out in a seven hour shift seventeen thousand times they're doing this between a shift of eight people now the thing was if you slow down the the the, the actual conveyor belt by uh, half a second you would reduce the probability of of um, those people suffering from from that from that condition because actually and you'd still get the same amount of food through so the repetitive stress injury yep yeah. but is what comes with repetitive stress is they start twisting and turning and then their mental health gets impacted you watch them through they're all bubbly yeah. and dead on it at the start of the shift at the end of the shift they're they're down they're not talking they're not engaging and they're also doing that and that, you see it a lot of times when you go to jobs where we say no i can't do it because the system is developed in such a way yeah and the system wasn't developed around the person mm. it was developed around delivering a product and that product that they that they deliver um is becomes king and we have to change that you don't have an endpoint product unless your people come through because if they get ill they're ill and you have that you lose them off the line that ultimately affects your productivity 
Well, and I mean, ultimately, somebody or a group of people made a decision to design a system in a particular way. So just because that's what the system says now, well, guess what? We can change it. Well, you can't. Yeah, we should change it. Not even that you can change it. We should change it. What if there was no spoon? It's an ineffective. Absolutely. (laughs) It's an ineffective system. Because they didn't design around people. You don't have a job. You don't have a business without people. Even the most autonomized industries need people. So robots building cars need people to do the intrinsic elements to it. So you've got to design that around. So, so yeah, I think uh, work, the, the whole thing that we've gone through, we need to change the narrative. Putting people at the heart of what you do, heart of health and safety. Yeah, I like that. You raise um, a really good point i think around um joining the language as well you know you mentioned physical and obviously physical environment tools and equipment is a part of one of the three factors on you know that we have to make sure we prevent risk-based but it's that manifestation and a mental health or of mental health if you're physically unwell and for me there's still some work in the uk globally to understand how how they all impact each other. You know, we know we talk about emotional, we talk about social, we talk about mental, but often in this space, mental is always the one that we talk about. And we forget that other factors in the workplace that don't normally, you can't normally hang your hat on mental health as explicitly will have a long-term effect if it is continuous. So frequency, you know, how often are they exposed to that? Um, We're not saying solution everything, but we are saying let's link up and let's think about a broad range of positive factors in the workplace and negative factors that impact well-being. And that's not just in the well-being or people's function. Um, it, it's so much broader than that. Let's send people home the same as they came in or healthier, not worse off. And Ill. and that's the thing that drives me every day. Why did we do it? And that's exactly it. We don't map it all together and go, do you know what? Maybe this isn't working. How are we going to do it better? So, yeah. But as you say, Haley, some of these things, you know, they don't have all the bells and whistles and a shiny and you win awards for, right? Um, but, you know, they are about changing the way we think about work. And if I think about industries where it's been designed about something other than the worker, like education, you know, it's all about student achievement and getting curriculum done and getting the right amount of hours done. Um, if we think about uh, healthcare, right? Like, it's around hygiene, um, patient safety, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, it's not designed around people. And people keep saying, well, it's too hard to change these systems. They've been like this forever. And like Peter said, they've been designed for other purposes, not with the human at the centre of the, or the worker yeah. at the centre of the design. And that's what we have to, you know, start working through. And it's not going to happen overnight. But unless we have people who are brave and going, well, let's actually talk about the issues and we're not going to commit to changing this within a month. Some of these things take, might take years, maybe even a decade or longer to achieve. But unless we acknowledge and actually start ha- working on plans to address them, you know, we, we're going to keep having this mental health crisis that we've got. Yeah, because actually um, in the past, you might have had stop measures where you physically stopped the job because after eight, eight hours down a pit, you'd be coming eight to 12 hours, come, you'd be coming up and then you had those periods off. We don't have off time, do we? 
we take it home with us. We have a, a BlackBerry and iPhone or, or whichever Samsung. Just trying to name any smartphone. Blackberry, wow. Yeah, it's all right. We're not we're not getting paid for comments. It's okay. My palm, my palm pilot. But you had all these. But all of these have one brilliant design thing on it. It's called an off switch. <laughs> and actually, as an intervention, it's the most effective thing. Switch it off. And we need it for alarm. Buy an alarm clock. One of those old ones with the, with the bells that go do 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 do. They wake you up. Uh, the, we've we just sold out. We've sold out to systems and gone. We're not going to challenge them. But we we have to. Um, God, this feels like 1984 coming to life, doesn't it? You know that 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 vision of that utopian vision of being controlled by autonomous um, robots and, and things. We need to put well-being measures into our own life. Cut off time. Spend time with your family. Spend time doing something else that you want to do. Like tonight, I'm going to go and look at another beach, take some sunset pictures, because it relaxes you me. I'll get those too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you will. Yeah, well, you, you've, you're my, you're my WhatsApp li list as, as, a, as a friend, so you're all right. So you, you, you'll get them. Um, but yeah, so things oh, I'm, like I'm, that. I don't think she wants some people. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I send them to Jason. He's a nice picture. So he's, he's obviously, you know, he's just. Yeah, but, but don't share them with your UK friends. I said oh, oh, they will yeah. hate you. Okay. I said. Okay, fine. They haven't hated me thus far. They said it's beautiful. There you go. And um, they're saying, I hate that prick. <laughs> <laughs> not the worst thing he's said into a microphone. No, no. apparently not. <laughs> um, I was, I was I, quoting I, I, Peter's friends there. It wasn't, it wasn't I what I was saying. No, that's true. Yeah. I am actually speechless for once. Yeah, okay. But not right. for long. Quick, Joel. Long. Quick, 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 quick. Um, <laughs> So, next question is, what are you both hoping to achieve for your UK-focused segment of the Psych Health and Safety podcast? Peter? I want to change the narrative of the conversation. And if that means we have to challenge the status quo, we will challenge the status quo and we'll bring people on to have those conversations. I think that's really important. Um, I'm sorry, but, you know, at, at 914,000 people off with stress, depression and anxiety, this is a crisis. Okay, and this is a crisis that just deserves way more than wait until they're ill. We've got to get our heads around prevention, and we've got to get the narrative to think we're going to look to prevent this. Otherwise, the kids that are coming in as apprentices now with depression and anxiety are not going to be catered for. We've got 10 years of, of really significant time where we should be doing things. If we don't do it in the next five to 10 years, we're going to reap the, the 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 problems for many many years afterwards, and it's not acceptable. It's not acceptable to go to work and be made ill and come home and just accept it and put it in the too hard territory. Sorry, no way. And, and I'm 55. Will I accept that that it's okay to go into work to be made ill? It shouldn't be. And if I die at 67, and at least we've changed it. At least then we've made some difference. But I, I seriously, it, it is the issue of the moment let's get in there and let's have these conversations and change people before I, I give my piece on why i want to do this i just want to respond to what pete said it's not acceptable but also with the generations coming through you know diversity and inclusion is increasing yep. people want different things and and they won't accept it either you know, there are different generations in the workforce, sometimes five different generations, and we need to understand that they've all got different needs as well. So I think there's that element to that, that lens to explore through as well. 
Um, but the one thing for me, I think the biggest thing I want to achieve is real, authentic, sustainable conversation. There is a lot of talk in this space, um, but I want to make it make sure that it's actually impactful and that it's, you know, that our podcast is the place that you can come to to really hear things that can help you change the organization that you might be in, but also where we've got guests where there's different perspectives, different, different authentic challenge, I think is really, really important. So that's what I'd like to bring because I don't want it to be in the realms of other conversations where it's, it's about, how do I say this in the most polite way? I don't just want it a face on a podcast because it's a podcast. There's a lot of that, you know, let's talk about, you know, it's got to be meaningful and it's got to land well and it's got to really make change. Bring it on. <laughs> no, no pressure. Yeah. We're not setting ourselves. <laughs> it's all right. We, we've got you back, guys. Uh, we've got Joel and I have done over 100 podcasts and we haven't been cancelled yet. So um, you guys will be all right. Yeah. And um, no, I completely agree, Hayley. Um, it needs to be impactful. We need to be um, unafraid of speaking the truth as we see it and pointing out uncomfortable um, realities and, and holding people's feet to the flame if that's what we need to do. Um, because, yeah, it's it, Pete's right. This is the time that we – this is the pivotal time in history um, to actually do something about this. And if we miss this opportunity – um, as with many other things going on in the world at the moment, um, yeah, what's what's the world going to be like in fifty years? Yeah, it's yeah. not just this generation we're going to worry about. No, I do agree with everything Joel said, except holding Good. people's feet to the fire. That was metaphorical, Pete, not oh. not literal. Okay, just yeah, <laughs> but it would be on brand for you, Joel. <laughs> I'm, I'm Joel, that's psychological torture, Jason, not physical torture. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's dark. Yeah, she's an ex-regulator <laughs> after all. Um, Aileen's going to say something here. Just to, to wrap that up, so much damage can be done. If, yeah. If, and that's what worries me, is a lot of people talking, and yes, there's freedom of speech, 100% agree with that, diversity, inclusion, but I want people in the space to be almost singing from the same hymn sheet so that we can make that change, you know, and how do we bring people along with us on that journey so that the damage, that we can undo some of the existing damage, that we're not sitting in boardrooms in 10 years' time only talking about mental health first aid. Um, yeah, so I just think that that's imperative in this space. Otherwise, it's just the same narrative with a different face. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like... Yeah, we're all agreed. Time is now. So um, let's make a difference. Thank you. Do we get to get one of these? Why? I don't know. Okay. Joel hates it. Yeah, we're, uh, this is actually the first time we're recording in this new studio. Um, other listeners would have seen this maybe before this episode, um, possibly, but Joel hates it. So it's something that you, you might be able to take it back with you, Pete, because uh, Joel doesn't like it. So for people who are listening yep. and not, not watching, we've got a new background behind us. Um, it just arrived in the office today, so. Can, can I just point out, it's three metres along across and two metres. It's not a small 
Anna. So you'll be bringing yeah. two of those back, Pete, one for yourself and then one for me no. when I'm in podcast mode, right? D H D H L or something <laughs> like that. But Haley, we will get you a um uh, a mic mic set for your uh, your podcast yeah. so uh, to improve your audio a little well. bit. Yeah, you, didn't, you didn't offer that to me. Uh, I know you've really invested in your own mic, so why would I buy you yeah, one, one of these? No, you're not getting one of these. No. Right. Uh, hey, uh, guys, we're super excited to uh, have you on. Um, welcome aboard. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to listening to your episodes as you bring them out and interview some really great guests over there in the UK. Yeah, here. Thank you very much. And, Hayley, get ready for the sunset photographs. Can't wait, Pete. Nice. All right, listeners, well, uh, that brings us to the end of this very special episode. We're really excited about the UK team starting over there in the new year. Um, don't forget, we do video these things when we speak to our guests, so you'll be able to catch the video on the Flourish DX YouTube channel. Um, we'll also take some clips from this as well as all our other episodes and put them on the Flourish DX LinkedIn page. While you're over on LinkedIn, you'll find the four of us, Joelle, Pete, Haley, and myself, are very active over there. So one of the best ways to connect with us and continue the conversation is just to um, hit us up via direct message on LinkedIn. Or if you want to uh, appear as a guest. Yes. Actually, we've had a number of people come in lately um, who have been offering up their services. So some yep. big names coming in. So, um, yes, if you want to come on as a guest and you think you want to contribute to this conversation and make a difference in this world and how we do workplace mental health, then please do reach out to all of us. But probably uh, not if you're like a provider of meditation or something. Yeah, or if you're trying to shill your services on our podcast. Like, yeah, we don't we don't like that. No. 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 You'll get cancelled pretty quickly. Mm. Um, all right. Thank you very much to all of our listeners and we'll catch you next episode you've been listening to the psych health and safety podcast to stay up to date with the latest on psychological injury prevention follow flourish dx on linkedin and subscribe to the psych health and safety podcast at www.psychhealthandsafety.com